It is important, no matter where you go, though, to, to continue to be very active with your education and your experience, because we just we live in a world where information and everything is changing so rapidly. So you've really got to stay plugged in and connected. I encourage every new nurse to, to join and get active in nursing professional associations. That's a huge part of your support for your new career, as well as your ongoing career. What do new nurses need to know about navigating the very first year of their new career? Let's talk all about it with best-selling author, motivational speaker, humorist, and one of my greatest nurse heroes and mentors, Donna Cardillo, also known as the Inspiration Nurse, right here on episode 376 of The Nurse Keith Show. Hey there, this is Nurse Keith. This podcast is always consistently about you, your personal professional development, your nursing career, and the healthcare system as a whole. And I'm here to share education, lots of ideas, frequent diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people out there. I love having you along for the ride, and I thank you from the bottom of my nurse podcaster's heart for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. And if you'd like to help other people find the show, consider leaving a rating and review over on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else you find the show. I'd appreciate it so much. It really helps get the word out that the Nurse Keith Show exists. The show notes for this episode will be over at nursekeith.com. Just look at the podcast drop-down menu. And as I said, we're here with Donna Cardillo, the inspiration nurse. She needs no introduction, and we will get to her bio throughout the course of our conversation. But Donna, you really are one of my true nurse heroes and mentors, and it's so, so wonderful to have you back here. Oh, Keith, thank you so much. That's so lovely. And we have known each other for a long time, uh, friends, colleagues, and I, I love and respect the work that you do. And thank you so much. Always an honor to be invited to be on your show. Thanks, Donna. Thank you. It means a lot to me coming from you. And the reason, well, the, the, the main impetus to have you back on the show is to talk about the, the revised third edition of your first year as a nurse making the transition from total novice to successful professional. You first published this book in 2001. Correct. Right? And Correct. then a second edition came out, I think, just after the, the big crash in 2008. Is that right? Uh, it came out maybe in 2010. 2010. Yeah, right. the second edition. Yeah, mm -hmm. so after the dust was clearing from yeah. the Great Recession of 2008. And now yeah. here we are in 2022. The pandemic is in its second year, or maybe we've entered the third year. I don't know where we are, but we're, you know, the pandemic is what it is. So you've been watching things develop over the course of what is it? You have like a 30 plus year nursing career. Right. Yes, at least. <laughs> yeah. And you've been around, you've been doing a lot, a lot of things for a really long time and you've watched the changes and you've, you've moved through a lot of different aspects of the healthcare system. So in your estimation, you know, based on this new book, and it's really awesome to have this new edition, what's one thing that is just strikes you that's so much different now for let's say a new nurse than it was in 2001. Well, let me preface that by saying that it's remarkable how much is actually the same because when you get down to it, the practice of being a nurse is the same. We may have some new research, we may have some new technology, some new drugs and other things, but the science of caring, which is what we are experts in, is essentially the same. And that's at the heart of everything that we do. So a lot of things have changed. And what I would say is most the most dramatic change over the several decades I've been in nursing is that nursing is so much more autonomous today. We have a much louder, stronger voice than we did years back when hospitals pretty much were ruled at one time by physicians and we were more or less in the background. Um, you know, we were, we were always doing very significant work, but it certainly was not recognized or articulated for a long time. But we've come a very, very long way since then. We have 
found our voice, we have become um, more educated, more experienced, more savvy with the connection that we have with the internet today, where our, our learning curve is um, so much quicker with everything. And we have an opportunity to just hear so much more about what's going on. So while some nurses who have been around for a while feel like nothing has changed, there really is a lot changed in that nurses have very much come out of the background, out of the shadows of healthcare and into the forefront. And that was even before the pandemic, when of course there was a an enormous spotlight on nurses during the pandemic, not just because we were, you know, people became aware of the amazing work that we were doing in, in the midst of this pandemic, but it was just, um, again, just more of an opportunity to spotlight the very significant role that nurses play, that we are independent and autonomous in and of ourselves, the work that we do caring for people. Mm-hmm. Right. Well said. And that basis of the care, I mean, throughout the pandemic, even though things were crazy and we had all sorts of all sorts of peregrinations and challenges happening throughout that time, the basics were still the same, right? Patients need to be kept breathing. We needed to keep them comfortable. We needed to keep them clean. We needed to give them their medication. So the the basic aspects of caring were the same, the compassion. Um, one yeah, of the even, things- Even more importantly than all of that, Keith, is that personal human connection and yeah. being there for people, that deep, deep connection. And that mm-hmm. was in fact, even more evident during the pandemic when for a long period of time, there was very little that, traditional modern medicine in quotes had to offer people Mm -hmm. when we didn't even know what the virus was. We had no treatments, nothing in the beginning. It was that very foundational care of being there for people. And in their most dire moment, families couldn't even come in that um, that's really the essence of nursing. That's the most significant thing that we do above everything else. So Mm -hmm. I think that's really what was shining during the pandemic. And that's why there was such a spotlight on the work that we do and who we are. Yeah, and I'm sure you spoke with nurses and heard heard stories like I did. Imagine, you know, having your first year as a nurse, which is the name of your book, in 2020 or 2021. I just, I, I mean, hats off to anyone who did that and made it through and still wanted to continue on, don't you think? Uh, absolutely, Keith. And I most certainly wanted to specifically, and I did specifically. I interviewed a lot of people, but I specifically wanted to interview nurses who started their practice in the midst of the pandemic. Hmm. And I interviewed several of them. I tell some of their stories. I have expert excerpts from things that they told me. And I was just blown away at the strength, the power, the resilience of those individuals. It's hard enough starting your nursing practice at any time, 40 years ago, uh, you know, five years ago, but to start in the midst of the pandemic, one nurse um, whose story I tell a little bit in the book, she talked about starting her career, I think in February of 2020 in a progressive care unit. And then March is when everything started to explode mm-hmm. and so much that a new nurse has to learn to begin with. And then here we are in this environment where people are being admitted and not only are they critically ill and in respiratory distress, but people were dying at an alarming rate. It was it was so overwhelming at that time. So you would think, or I would even think that some of these individuals would be so frightened or burnt out or whatever might happen that they would be scared away from the profession forever. But yet this gets back to the core strength and resilience of nurses. They somehow made it through like other nurses did. New nurses somehow made it through like seasoned nurses did. Um, It was challenging for everyone. But the amazing thing to me is that they're still there. They're still standing and they're still doing what it is that they do. So uh, uh, just again, some amazing stories, but I always have the utmost respect for people coming into nursing. I sometimes hear people complaining that uh, new nurses today, they aren't what they used to be. Of course, that's something people who get older tend to do, you know, tend to look at, look at previous generations. Right. And, you know, all new nurses are not, not the the so-called younger generation today. We have people 
So I don't want to say the younger generation because we have people coming into nursing in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And I even, I even met a student nurse who was um, 70 or 71 at one time. Um, that's not unusual anymore, but it, it's just, I, I have even renewed respect for individuals coming into nursing in the midst of this pandemic and uh, stepping up to the plate. I mean, talk about baptism by fire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, many yeah. of us, I mean, I had a situation, uh, I had like one situation in the emergency room when I was a new nurse and knew nothing. And I had a critically ill man come in and I was pretty much on my own in the middle of a night shift. And that was one thing, but then to suddenly have an entire unit full of people that are are dying and critically ill and family can't come in and everybody's fearing for their own health and safety and there wasn't enough equipment. It was um, truly a remarkable time. And I was telling nurses, new nurses, and continue to tell them today that they, they are starting their career and they're in a very, very unique time in history. And others who come after them will not have had that experience. It's, mm-hmm. it's akin to being in a, in a war zone in a lot of ways. So true. yeah, they Very have true. a, I, I remind them to record their experiences because they will have an opportunity to tell and to write about those stories in the future. And it'll, it will be very important for them to tell those stories. Yeah, that's true. And the story of, you know, one's first year as a nurse is very, individual you know we all have our own experiences there's lots of commonalities and there are obviously there's threads from your first edition through this new third edition because like you said a lot of things are the same a lot of things haven't changed Absolutely. however you had to add new chapters to this particular edition and what what did you feel like was most crucial to add and how did you decide what those things were, what jumped out at you and how yeah. did it jump out? So that was a long um, pro- thought process for me about what to add. You know, of course, I went through the book again to just um, think about what was there, what was missing or what really need to be added in today's world. And I did think really long and hard about what what I wanted to put in that would really add value, that would be very relevant and very, um, very current. And it is so clear that with or without the pandemic, the issue of nurses and caring for themselves and self-nurturing is so vital today, but certainly during the pandemic and even after, you know, as we go through recovery and whatnot. So uh, the three chapters that I added, one of them is about all about resilience and resilience is a word that's very misunderstood. A lot of during the pandemic, a lot of nurses were being told they had to be resilient, and nobody really explained what that meant, or they weren't given any tools. And nurses thought that meant to just tolerate the intolerable, just keep taking on more and more. And that's really not what resilience is. Resilience is like having tools in a toolkit that you can use to keep steady in the midst of chaos, and then have tools to recover. Once you have been through a period of extreme um, energy output and even trauma and depletion and fatigue and burnout, and then be able to come back uh, and come back even stronger and have developed some more resistance and tolerance to the high stress, fast paced life and death environment that all of us work in every day. And that's not just in the hospital, it's really in any healthcare setting. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really good. So so resilience is really important, and you needed right. to talk about that and that notion Whole of chapter on resilience. Yeah. yeah, and and I also wrote a chapter on mindfulness and practice. And to me, that's part of self care. Mindfulness is being fully present in what we do every day. But in order to be able to do that, just to live our lives fully, to always be present, we have to do a lot of self reflection. We have to do a lot of connecting with our um, with our inner knowing, our inner mm-hmm. spirit, developing that core strength that we have, spiritual practice, things like meditation, yoga, spending time in nature, all important for all of us as human beings, but especially those of us that work in nursing and healthcare where we are caring for people to develop that strong core and to be able to stay grounded and centered 
and to be able to draw on that when we're in situations that are so challenging and so difficult for us. Mm-hmm. That's right. And you're speaking from experience because you're a Reiki master, you're a certified forest therapy guide, you're a certified teacher of meditation, and a labyrinth facilitator. So you're coming from a place where you truly understand the need for these types of practices experientially in your own life. And I know you bring nurses out to Kripalu Yoga Center out in Lenox, Massachusetts, where I did my yoga teacher training back in 1989. And you also bring them to the Miraval Resort in Arizona. Is that right? Tucson, yes. Yeah, in Tucson. So you lead nurses in these types of experiences. And we'll get back to the book in a second, but I just want to reflect on the fact that these are things that are part of your life. And what do you see nurses take away when they learn these types of skills? Like what have you seen reflected in some of the nurses you've worked with, let's say at one of your retreats? Yeah. So Keith, I just came back from a retreat in the Pocono mountains at um, the Himalayan Institute, which is Uh, another place that I like to go. And first of all, it's an opportunity for nurses to to disengage from their everyday life and work. The word retreat in and of itself means to pull back. Mm. And it's very difficult to nurture ourselves when we're engaged in our everyday life. We're home. Even if we try to take some time for ourselves, there's a pile of bills on the table or you know, people texting us or whatever it is that's going on. So first of all, um, everyone there is disengaging for a couple of days. We are in the community of nursing, um, all of us nurses there, which is really something very, very special because we have an unspoken understanding of who we are, of our work, uh, even of the human condition. I, I often write and speak about how difficult it is to articulate the essence of nursing. I mean, I do articulate it and I help other nurses to articulate that, but there is still a a deep unspoken understanding that we have with one another. And so we create safe space for one another to share our stories. We, uh, on this most recent uh, retreat, several, well, every nurse was sharing something about their experience through the pandemic or working with Um, refugees from Afghanistan when they were being brought here to military bases and and working with veterans and just so many other stories. And then I facilitate meditation and yoga with the group. We have forest therapy time. Usually there is a labyrinth there. And so each nurse has an opportunity to learn about these practices, but to actually practice it in a facilitated way which really leads to more uh, calmness, inner peace, quiet. And then they have some tools to take with them because I don't want them to just have a great peaceful weekend. I want them to be able to take these tools back to their life when they go back and be able to use them to stay grounded and centered or to get there when they need to, when they return home. Mm -hmm. That's really beautiful. And you know, hearing from people who've done the retreats and hearing your stories about them, you know, these these experiences are so important for them. And then they can take that out and spread it to their colleagues and their friends and their families. Precisely, so, yeah. precisely. That's what I want them to do. Hmm. If we, you know, we cannot lead anyone further than we have already gone ourselves. So we each have to work on our own healing in order to be effective healers. So I want each nurse that comes to the retreat to work on their own healing, their own spiritual practice, their own insight, their own self-reflection. But I want them then, of course, to bring it back to their to their workplace, to their community. And we teach, we don't have to get up and speak in front of people or write an article to teach. We, we teach by role modeling, by, by mentoring, by uh, just setting a setting a great example for other people, and that has really more power than um, many other things. Someone said, or I read somewhere, it said that the, the greatest way we teach is how we live. Mm-hmm. So when people see what we're doing with our life and how we're living it, then that is really a good teacher and a, a good inspiration for other people to do something similar. That's really powerful, and. Coming back to the book, you know, you added this chapter on self-care and wellness and stuff about mindfulness and all the things that 
are part and parcel of your life and the way you care for yourself. What else do you think was really essential to add at this point in history that wasn't in the previous editions? Keith, I added a whole chapter on empowerment called Mm. The Empowered Nurse. And the empowerment is having, I mean, just to put it simply, it's having the tools and knowing how to use them to, to be in control of your own life and career, to feel that you do have power and mastery over your own life and career. And many people don't feel that they do. Nurses, maybe from previous generations, felt that they were at the mercy of physicians or hospital systems or even an employer. But another thing that has changed, you know, I talked about us having more autonomy. We have more opportunities today than ever before because we, not because they're being created for us, but but we as nurses, as we just become more enlightened and inspired and more connected, we realize that there are so many different ways and places to make a difference in the world and that we have, we, we more honor who we are and what we do and what we bring into the world. And there are opportunities really to work with people on every level. Today, maybe about 50 or 60% of all nurses work in hospitals, but so many nurses are working in uh, in schools and the community. And there's a great number of nurses, Keith, yourself and I included, who are self-employed today, who are nurse entrepreneurs. And that's actually a huge growing body. There are a lot of nurses who are getting into holistic practice, private practice, or case management business, or education business, and um, so many other things, so many ways and places. So the empowerment chapter is all about, number one, it's about appreciating our value as a human being, but definitely as a professional nurse. And then it is about learning to be more assertive. And being assertive is about believing that you are someone who has value, who has something to contribute and is not afraid to to put it out there. And sometimes we have to act assertive, even if we don't feel assertive. And by so doing, we become more assertive. Mm -hmm. And empowerment, I was just talking about this on my retreat. I said the word power in any form intimidates a lot of people. Some people associate the word power, they think of it in a negative way, like it's a, you know, they think of um, dishonest people who have a lot right. of power. The power but I, over. But I, but I, what's that? Power over someone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I read a, a great line from someone once who said that the sole advantage of power is that we can do more good. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's perfect. That's perfect for us as nurses to understand that when we empower ourselves and we empower our profession, we are able to do more good. That's what we're. That's what we're in it for. That's what we're all here for. Mm-hmm. That's so true. And you've been on this mission for a long time. You were Dear Donna at nurse.com answering uh, visitors' questions for, I think it was 15 or 16 years. That's correct. Right. And you've been called the inspiration nurse for a long time. And I think anyone who's never heard you speak before, who's listening to this episode right now, can tell why you're called that. Just saying. And, and I'm not pandering to you. So how long have you been called the inspiration nurse? Uh, I would say that it's probably about, it's about 15 years now. I was originally known as the career guru for nurses, and I didn't make that up. People mm-hmm. started to say that to me everywhere I went. When I started with my career seminars I wrote the column that you noted, the Dear Donna advice column. I was mostly getting, I was mostly giving career advice. And so nurses started to say, Donna, you are the career guru for nurses. So that was a moniker, a tagline that I used. And then as time went on, I was um, doing less career advice management work and really had expanded my work to more teaching nurses to be empowered and to advocate for themselves and for their profession. And I started to do more keynote speaking rather than seminars as I started out at a lot of nursing conferences and conventions. And people started to come up to me and they were saying, you're so inspirational. You really inspired me. I just feel so inspired. So I was hearing the word inspired all the time. And so I thought, well, instead of the career guru, I started to call myself the inspiration guru. And then 
I would introduce myself that way in certain circles. I'd say I'm a registered nurse and I'm the inspiration guru. And people would usually furl their brow and get kind of a puzzled look on their face. And they didn't really quite get that. So I thought, okay, I have to work on that because that's not conveying who I am. So instead of saying I'm a registered nurse and I'm known as the inspiration guru, I started to say I'm the inspiration nurse. And as soon as I started to say that, people were like, oh, wow, great. I love that. Amazing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you have to try out these, um, you know, phrases and your elevator pitch and whatever, so that you can explain concisely who you are and what you do. Not that, not that that phrase completely explains what I do, but that's how I initially introduced myself. And so that's how people know me today. And that is the title that I have adopted. When I have to fill out a form, if I'm attending a conference and they say, what's your title? If I were to say president of Cardillo and Associates or president of DonnaCardillo.com, that, that you know, I could be that could be an accounting firm for all yes. anybody new. So for my title now, I use the inspiration nurse. And I even have that put on my name badge when I go to conferences. That's and people great. see that and they love that. It it even the word inspiration pulls people in. Mm-hmm. So um anything that gets people engaged and excited and interested, that's that's all good. It is all good, and you're all good, Donna. And um <laughs> when we come back for the second half of the episode, I want to talk more about your, your past and all the amazing things you've done. And I want to have you read a passage from the book. And I want to also just talk about the state of the nursing job market. Like what, what's the zeitgeist out there in 2022. So you game for that? Absolutely. Okay. Good. So hang out with us here and we'll be right back for the second half of episode 376 of the Nurse Keith Show with the inspiration nurse, Donna Cardillo. And welcome back to the second half of the episode. We're here again with friend of the pod and my good friend and colleague, Donna Cardillo, the inspiration nurse. And Donna, right before the break, you were waxing poetic about empowerment and inspiration and what it means to be the inspiration nurse and having given yourself that moniker based on people's feedback. And I just want to reflect on the fact that I did enumerate some of the things you've accomplished, like being a Reiki master and a forest therapy guide, all those things. But you've been named Businesswoman of the Year twice in New Jersey You've received the Athena Award, which is an international leadership award for women. You've been designated a diva in nursing by the Institute for Nursing in New Jersey, one of the 50 best women in business by New Jersey Bid. And you've been on New Jersey Biz, sorry about that. And you've been on Dr. Oz and in the LA Times and the Today Show. When when new nurses meet you or they hear about you and they encounter like, oh my gosh, like how could I ever do even a slice of what Donna's done? What's your message when they feel like, how do I even start? How do I even, how do I even begin this, this journey? What I love to tell new nurses is that there is no one right path for every nurse to follow or to start their career. And they have to really carve out their own path in nursing and follow their heart Every single one of us, we may have the same license or credential, but we have different backgrounds, different personalities, we have different interests, and we even have different experience since we have so many people coming into nursing with backgrounds in different careers and with different kinds of degrees and whatnot. So such a rich, diverse group of individuals coming into nursing today. I want them to know that they can literally do anything in nursing because there, you know, there's still some old um advice that people are giving that is that was actually outdated years ago but things like you have to start in a hospital you have to do two years of med surge nursing and there are some nurses that are still giving that advice out even though that advice has actually never been true for at least 40 or 50 years um some people may believe that but i never worked a day of med surge in my life and when i share that i usually joke that somebody out there is probably thinking, oh, well, that explains a lot. Mm -hmm. But I was, for example, when I got out of school, and remember, I've been out a long time, I was drawn to psychiatric nursing. I had fabulous psych instructors in nursing school. And there was a job opportunity in a county psych hospital. And 
my colleagues and I don't know who else were saying to me, you can't, you can't do that. You can't start your nursing career in a psych hospital. You'll, you'll forget your skills. Well, I don't think I had any skills just yet, Keith, at that time, mm-hmm. but I was drawn to that position and I took it. And I'm so glad that I did because it was such an enriching experience for me, not only to nursing and healthcare and to mental health, but to life in general, to learn so much more about um, people's lives and, and addiction and so many issues in that environment. But I later transitioned into the emergency room and, and, you know, boy, did that psych experience come in handy. I didn't necessarily, I certainly did not have a whole career planned out in terms of what my career path has been, but I would always follow the opportunities. And that is the advice I like to give nurses. I say, you know, maybe you want to work in this specialty and maybe for whatever reason, you can't get a position there right now. Maybe they're not hiring. Maybe they are not hiring nurses into that specialty. Look for an opportunity where you can learn and grow, whatever it might be, and and take it and go with it. And then you will have an opportunity to go somewhere else from there. I couldn't have planned out the career that I had because I didn't know about 99% of the things that I have done in my career to date. And what would happen is one thing would lead me to another, would lead me to another. And the more I expanded my horizons, the broader my my whole world got. And I would very often try things. You can't always know what you're going into when you accept any position. And I'm talking obviously about employment right now, but even with self-employment. So if it sounds interesting and you see an opportunity to learn and grow, you go for it. And you really never know where that road is going to take you. I could tell you stories all day about that, which I won't, uh, but about jobs that I took where on the surface, I thought, okay, so this is what I'm going to be doing when I'm there. But then when I got in the job, there was an expanded learning opportunity. And I thought, wow, this is really amazing. So I give that advice all the time to new nurses and they feel very relieved and happy to hear about it, that they're not locked into a two-year med surge cycle. Now, I want to say briefly, Keith, that med surge is a wonderful specialty. There's nothing wrong with it. It's very complex. It's very challenging. It's just not for everybody. And it wasn't for me, but it's not for everybody. So um, we have to carve out our own path. We have to make our own way. We have to follow our heart in nursing and make it our own. And that's what I say to new nurses all the time. Wow. That's that's awesome. And it's so interesting that you and I are both career mentors for nurses and you started by not going straight into acute care. And I went straight into a federally qualified health center and I was told mm-hmm. it was career suicide. Right. So maybe right. that set me up for realizing that careers can be different in nursing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important to recognize the, the depth and breadth of what we can do. And you even done workshops on career alternatives for nurses. I mean, that's one of the things that you've offered all these years because you want people to be aware of the many things they can do. And I've seen you speak many times and you're always fun and funny and and inspiring. And you've told different stories. And I'm recalling a story we don't have to go into all the details, but you were offered a job, I think it was in the 90s during the managed care revolution. And it was all about diagnostic related groupings and all this sort of stuff, DRGs. And they asked you if you could do it. And one of the things, one of the lessons you'd learned was just to say yes. And you just said yes. And the caveat being, you don't say yes, I know how to to um, replace a tracheotomy if you don't know how to do it, right? You don't say yes to something like that. But if someone asks you, can you manage this, this, you know, whatever, whatever, and you just say yes, and then you, you, you do it. So hasn't, hasn't saying yes been really important to you and all these things you've done. I mean, this list of accomplishments just, you know, is incredibly impressive. Yes, Keith. And I, what happened is that, that one job interview, they asked me if I knew about uh, quality improvement, utilization review, whatever it might be. And I said, yes, I, because I knew about it. I didn't really know much about it, but they just asked me if I knew about it. So I said, yes. And They're I like, think, yeah, that's, I know it exists. I sure. think that's the story you're referring to. And it they said, the well, story. we, we will probably eventually be putting you in charge of that. And I thought, you know what, if I get this job, I will be able to figure it out. And I, and I did, I started to call the directors of quality improvement at area hospitals 
and I joined an association of healthcare professionals and quality improvement. And I, I embarked on a course of self-study and I ultimately came, became one of the, the top individuals in that specialty at that time in my geographic area, mm-hmm. because we can do anything we put our mind to. But um, the other thing I say about saying yes, well, like when opportunities come to us to, to write a book, for example, well, to, to write a book or can you do this or can you do that? And again, I'm not talking about um, tracheotomies or anything like that. I'm talking about a personal or career opportunity, I say, um, you know, this is my philosophy. You say yes. Then you go into a deep state of panic, like, oh my gosh, what have I gotten myself into? What did I do? Then third, you figure out how to do it. And then fourth, you do it the best you can. And then fifth, you celebrate what you've done. So yeah, saying yes, say yes to life. That's my philosophy. That's a really good one. Yeah. (laughs) And um, (laughs) uh, yeah, I remember you talking about that particular job and some other things too, and how you just sort of dive in and you figure it out. And again, that doesn't go with clinical skills. You always are upfront about what you are actually able to do. And so we're giving that caveat here. (laughs) And actually, I mean, just to talk about clinical skills for a moment, a lot of, um, you know, because we're talking about a book for new nurses. One thing I had discovered, um, particularly when I was writing the second edition of the book, is that some new nurses are so fearful of which is understandable of doing different things, like even Mm -hmm. participating in a cardiac arrest response that they avoid it or they think, well, Mm -hmm. I have to wait until I know what I'm doing. Well, certain things you can't learn how to do until you have some experience. So you get that experience with experienced people, you observe, you help, and then you do. That's really what you do. So so it's important, in other words, just to expose yourself and to kind of jump in. You don't have to do the thing right away, but you can observe, you can help, and then you can do with supervision and then you do on your own. So there's a whole process to learning how to do things, but whole standing back and saying, I, I don't know enough yet. I, I wait, whatever. Um, then, then you start to get more fearful and you hold back even more. So you've got to, you've got to get yourself in the game. Yes, you do. And do you have a passage from the book that you'd like to read us? Just I would love the listeners to just hear something from the book in your voice. That would be really lovely. Yeah, thank you. I just I chose something um, from my introduction actually, and then a, a paragraph from the end that I that to me just really sums up a lot of what what nursing is about. Okay. And this is fr- uh, one paragraph from the introduction. Once you enter this profession, you will never be the same. Your life will be forever changed. You will develop an appreciation for life and respect for death beyond that of the average person. You will see the best and the worst of the human spirit, and you will become a better, more compassionate person because of this. You will walk the path of the healer and illuminate the darkness for those you help. Your life and your work will have meaning and sacredness. Now that one paragraph sums up nursing for me. It it does. It's it's a beautiful paragraph. And then just to um, tie that up at the end, this is this is um, pretty much at the end of the book. The last chapter is called Trends and Opportunities, and really looking to the future. But just to wrap up the message in the book and what it's all about. Nurses were once in the background of healthcare in the shadow of the physician, but our profession has come too far to ever go back and be passive, silent members of the healthcare team. We are autonomous practitioners operating under our own license. We are not secondary caregivers, but rather part of the primary healthcare team. Own it. Don't just find your place in the world as a professional nurse, take your place or better yet, create your place. Be bold, be innovative, be creative, be adventurous. You are the next generation of nurses. You are not bound by old stereotypes or the way things used to be. Honor our history and create your future and the future of healthcare. I, for one, can't wait to see what you do. I know you will be great. That's wonderful. So we got a little bit of the beginning and a little bit of the end. This kind of sums it all up. It does sum it all up. That's right. And I wanted to ask you, you know, as new nurses enter out into the into the fray, 
as they say. And they're looking for work. They're trying to figure out where they're going to hang their hat, you know, for the first year, two years, maybe. And they're trying to find their place. So right now, you know, in the, basically the middle of 2022, what's the state of the market? Like what, what, if you read the tea leaves, what do you think is happening and what do you think will be happening? And let's say over the coming months or maybe next year or so. Well, the job market is wide open right now. There is a nursing workforce shortage in every practice area, in every specialty. And, you know, I learned in economics, it's all about supply and demand. So when the supply is low and the demand is high, those people who are looking for opportunities will have many more opportunities available to them. So what that means is a new nurse has um, opportunities to look at different practice settings and decide really where they want to work. But it's not just about the specialty or it's never should be about the salary in the beginning. You want to certainly look for a place that's interesting to you. That's something that you're drawn to, but an opportunity where you're going to get good support, education, and an opportunity to learn and grow in your new role. That is very, very important. Your first and second year, no matter where you work, no matter what specialty you go into. So um, the good news about that, again, is just that nurses really can look to work wherever they might want to. There are even areas like home care, for example, and school nursing, where nurses do work very independently in both of those specialties. So for a long, long time, almost anybody would say, oh, you can't, you're a new nurse, you can't start in school nursing, you can't start in home care because you work independently. Well, of course, you can't just throw a new nurse um, independently into almost any situation. You wouldn't want to do that. But what's happening now is that um, school nurse programs and home care programs are creating orientation and residency programs for new nurses, just like hospitals have been doing for a long time. And then they're offering precepting and mentoring to those nurses because there's a shortage of nurses in every practice setting. And so areas that once would not even consider hiring a new nurse now not only are considering it, they need new nurses as well as experienced nurses and are willing to consider nurses um, in positions that they wouldn't have before. So um, it is important, no matter where you go, though, to to continue to be very active with your education and your experience, because we just we live in a world where information and everything is changing so rapidly. So you've really got to stay plugged in and connected. I encourage every new nurse to, to join and get active in nursing professional associations. That's a huge part of your support for your new career, as well as your ongoing career. And in terms of the future, you know, if we're looking down the next five years, that is going to continue because the um, the shortage is still going to be there. And by the way, the shortage isn't because people don't want to be a nurse. We have two to three year waiting lists to get into nursing programs. Mm-hmm. And we do have older generations are retiring. The pandemic did push a lot of people into retirement. It did maybe push some people into part time and Um, It really did shift the workforce in a lot of ways, in addition to what was already going on in nursing. So again, it gets back to um, carving out your own path, finding what's interesting for you, but going someplace where there isn't going to be an opportunity for you to learn and grow and be supported. But don't rely only on your employer for your learning and support. You want to get actively involved in your, your nursing professional associations as well. Good. All really, really great advice. That's really perfect. And, you know, there's, there are a lot of opportunities and we do need to be creative and think sometimes a little differently. And like you said, there are people out there who still uh, repeat the same old stereotypes Mm -hmm. about the profession. So we need to try to see beyond that, don't we? Because definitely, yeah, because that can really hold us back. And then the fear, like you're saying, just to go ahead and grab the opportunity and do it is also an important thing to take into consideration for really getting started. And, you know, 
this this book, your first year as a nurse, making the transition from total novice to successful professional is really important. And I do recommend people get the third edition. And I know we also have um, the ultimate career guide for nurses, practical advice for thriving at every stage of your career. There's two editions of that book. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also your beautiful book, Falling Together, how to find balance, joy, and meaningful change when your life seems to be falling apart. That one's not about nursing per se, but Correct. it's, That's from, for your, anyone. it's yes. for anyone. It's from your personal experience and it's a really, really beautiful book. So I do and recommend- And when people ask me what it's about, one. I say in a word, it's really about resilience. It's also about saying yes to life, no matter what life throws your way. Yeah. That's, I would say that's very true having read it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And I, I have another book that um, I probably didn't send you a photo of, but it's also called, it's called a day book for beginning nurses. Oh, and it's yes. a journal type format for nurses with daily tips, advice, inspiration, a monthly career essay and Sigma Theta Tau published that. And that's very popular also. It's being used by a lot of um, hospitals across the country for their new nurses, as is your first year as a nurse that's being used in m- many nurse residency programs, um, which I'm just so honored about. That's really wonderful. Yeah. And Donna, before we go, and I don't want to go, but before we go, I have four questions that I've been asking all my guests in these recent months. Are you game for four questions? Absolutely, Keith. Okay. So the first one is how do you define success personally or professionally? Success is being happy with what you're doing, feeling creative and fulfilled and feeling that you have the the freedom to live your life as you choose. That's what success is to me. Good one. Very succinct. Okay. How would you describe one person who's inspired you in the course of your life, living or dead, famous or not famous? Mm -hmm. Just one person. So I would say my husband, Joe, Mm -hmm. um, who I've been married to for almost 40 years, second marriage for both of us. Joe was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis 27 years ago, the same year that I started my business. And he was always an amazing human being to me, but in the course of his own illness and disability and living with chronic illness and all the challenges that he's been faced with, he is such an incredibly resilient spirit. He maintains his sense of humor. He finds humor in everything. And in spite of his physical disability, he finds ways to support and inspire other people, whether it's posting things online or making phone calls to people that he knows are feeling down and out or are shut-ins. And he really inspires me every day. That's beautiful. Thank you. And I've met Joe before, so it's, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that. It sounds, sounds like the perfect partner for you, really. Thank you. Yeah. The third question, the penultimate question is, is there a book or a movie? It doesn't have to be a favorite, but just Mm -hmm. a book or movie that's had a major impact on the way you think or the way you live your life. Mm -hmm. Yes. When I was, when I had decided to start my business and that was, you know, over 27 years ago, I had set this goal to start a business, to start doing seminars for nurses. I mean, these were gigantic goals for me at the time. And even though I set those goals and I had those dreams, I didn't feel internally work that I could do it, that I was up to it, that, you know, why me? They seem like such big goals. And I found the book Awaken the Giant Within by Anthony Robbins in the library. I read the book. Then I found the book on an audio version. I listened to it. And I listened to the audio version over and over and over again. And of course, Anthony Robbins is very well-known motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. I know he's influenced a lot of people, but that book, Awake, first of all, I love the title, Awaken the Giant Within. That's what I really needed to happen in myself. I needed to believe that even though I was living this um, pretty regular life as I saw it, and here in my mind, I wanted to do these things that I thought were just really big, um, beyond the usual, I needed somehow to be convinced or to truly believe within me that I could do this and that it was worth pursuing. And I did have to listen to that book over and over again, but Hmm. it was really that book that helped me begin to believe that I not only could I do this, but I really needed to get out there and do it. That's perfect. 
and Tony Robbins. Yeah. A lot of people, people have a lot of great things to say about him and his yes. seminars and how they can be very life-changing. Yeah. And um, the final question is what's one piece of advice you'd give 18 year old Donna right now, whether you think she would listen or not? <laughs> I would tell Donna, 18-year-old Donna, to follow your dreams, follow your heart, make it your own. Um, don't let anybody else tell you what your career and your life should or shouldn't be. Just follow your dreams. Nice. I think she would listen. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. I think she ultimately did wind up doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Donna, thank you so much. It's been such an honor. And this won't be your last time. It's the second time, but not the last time. Yeah. And I, I can't wait to have you back again. And thanks for sending me a copy of the book. And I highly recommend people check it out on Amazon or at donnacardillo.com and pick it up for themselves or any new nurse who's entering the profession. So thank you so much for being the inspiration nurse for so long. Well, thank you, Keith. It's always a thrill and an honor to see you, to speak with you, to certainly to be on your podcast. And I look forward to seeing you in person this summer, hopefully at a conference or two. Absolutely. Okay. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nurse Keith Show. The show notes will be at nursekeith.com. And please just go to donnacardillo.com. Find her books, her retreats, her amazing events, sign up for her newsletter, and check out everything Donna Cardillo. I'm sure you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode and take some inspired action just like Donna was recommending. And if you need personalized holistic career coaching, look no further than nursekeith.com. Mention Donna and you can get 10% off your first coaching package. We're a proud member of the Health Podcast Network at healthpodcastnetwork.com. We are produced by the amazing Rob Johnston of 520R Podcasting and Mark Cappy Spiesen is our stalwart and wonderful social media ringmaster and newsletter wrangler. Before we say goodbye, I'll leave you with this quote, one of my very favorites. This is by the musician Robert Fripp. May my living honor my parents. May my living repay the debt of my existence. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful Santa Fe, New Mexico. And my friend and colleague, Donna Cardillo, saying arrivederci from? New Jersey. From New Jersey, land of my birth. Thank you so much, Donna. Thanks for being here. Thanks to everyone for listening. And we will catch you on the flip side. Thank you.